everybody, welcome to this edition of Sounds on Vinyl. My name is Phil Boyer from the United States, and we also have Mike from Sweden. All right. And tonight we are doing a show about a little band you guys might have heard of called Metallica. Yeah, Metallica. And who are are those? I've never heard of them. Okay. Never heard of them. Yeah, they're just, a, they're just a little band from, just little band. from California, you know. <laughs> trying, to, trying to make it. <laughs> yeah, just trying to, you know, they're just trying to eat their way through their career, you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the record in question that we're going to be talking about tonight is called Ride the Lightning. Yeah, baby. Released way back in 1984. Yeah, actually in July of 84. But do you remember the first time you ever heard of this album? So my, my first experience with Metallica was from Kill 'Em All. And a friend of mine played that for me. And that, that was, at that point, the hardest stuff that I ever listened to. So Metallica was my gateway, you know, going from the hard rock stuff, um, like, you know, Van Halen and stuff like that, into, yeah. you know, the the thrash metal and, and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Um, when Ride the Lightning came out, I it was just I had to run out and get it, and I just remember putting that needle on and listening to this mellow song kick in, and I'm I know. like, what, I know what, 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 what the hell just happened? What, what, what happened? <laughs> that that first record was just so amazing, and now we have what what what's going on? I I don't get yeah. it. I don't understand. <laughs> My my first experience was actually uh, uh, this album freaked me out because I never heard anything like this before. I, I as you I I was listening to Kiss and White Snake and Maiden, and the first time I heard this album was at, at a friend's house, and it was sort of like nuts because the heaviest thing I knew at that time was Judas Priest. They said, "Oh my mm. God, that's heavy with, with the twin guitars and and something like that." And he sits sits me down in front of his speakers. You gotta listen to this album. And I remember that still, if I close my eyes, still to this day, Phil, I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> it's it's sort of like you, you you sit here and and you just listen, and you can see there's a smirk on my friend's face, and and I'm thinking, what's going on? And that, that needle drops, and as you say, it started up with an acoustic guitar f- for the intro, and then, I mean, good lord, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> and you can hear the pounding of, of the drums and the guitars, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I think I'm going to die. I, I don't know. And he showed me the, 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 the record, uh, the, the cover art, and it's, mm-hmm. it's metallic. I've heard of them. But I, I never knew how they sounded, and I've been a fan ever since. So that's my story. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, today, uh, Ride of Lightning is one of my all-time favorite Metallica records. Yeah, mine too. For me, that that's the stuff that yeah. that I grew up on, and I, I just I, I love those first three mm-hmm. records that they did. Yeah, you and I are a similar age, and it's sort of like in the 80s growing up with all those bands that came alive in the music scene back then uh, i mean it was a smorgasbord of, of metal music for christ's sakes it was uh, yeah so yeah. so I, i'm thinking that we tend to go back into in, into 
uh, the 80s music and and there's this is our influences and and those albums are the ones that stick today and they're timeless i mean you could put on ride a lightning today and uh, even though that the sound uh, on on the album it's it's different from stuff that releases today but still it's fresh you mm-hmm. you could put it put it up in in, in comparison to to uh every other new band today and and it would still sound fresh and new exactly i mean i i think for me that that's a heavy ride to lightning is in heavy rotation for me for listening i often you know when i'm writing something i'll i'll throw metallica on people are like how the hell can you listen to to that so loud and write at the same time it's like well <laughs> it just yeah. works well. it works for whom the bell tolls that beginning every time i hear it it's like the first time it's like i love the beginning on that and it's that's just so all- heavy and just so epic that's my all-time favorite song from that album oh my god that and creeping death and i love the the, the call of cthulhu mm-hmm. uh, oh, I, yeah. oh my god the instrumental oh shit but don't you think growing up back then you had to be there it's sort of like the vibe because nobody had ever heard anything like this before even though it, when it came to judas priest because they changed they they became more metal in the in the mid 80s growing up around that there was a vibe between i know there was a vibe between m- me and my friends listening mm-hmm. to buying all those records don't you think that has something to do with in in the mix yeah i mean i think we're we're very fortunate to grow up in the 70s and 80s and have access to everything from fog hat to you know, so that early Judas Priest is is really more just like rock. It really wasn't yeah. metal. You know, you you listen to a song like Dreamer Deceiver. I mean, that that's there's, that's not metal at all. No, no. And then you know, you, you've got the, the the early Scorpion stuff was like kind of crazy too. From yeah, you know, the early '70s and stuff. And then as the years went on, they got more poppy, kind of like Metallica. You know, we, we had such an assortment, a wide as, assortment of rock and, and hard rock and metal to listen to. And, I mean, everybody was wanting to share, you know, oh, hey, I found this new band and, and listen to this. And it, it was it was a really great time. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I went to see Metallica in Copenhagen. They were doing, uh, I think it was four or five nights in the new arena called the Royal Arena. And they were like the the first band to ever play that arena. Uh, mm. And since uh, Lars is from from Copenhagen, it, it it was a done deal. But James got a cold and postponed some of the dates, so I didn't know if my show was gonna be it's gonna be happen at all. R- r- I think it was the day before they told us, well, he's gonna pre- perform. It's not he's not at his best, but still he, he can carry a tune they, they played uh, call of cthulhu and they have not played that song for like some years and i'm standing up on the balcony looking down and i'm surrounded by people who are sitting down in my own age and we're humming to call of cthulhu that's how we remember it and i'm thinking to myself because I knew there was an English dude right in front of me, uh, a guy from France, 
to my to my right and then some Danish people and some from Sweden and so forth. And we're from different places in Europe and the world. And we have similar experience with, with this song. So so yeah. that's the impact that Metallica had back in those days. It's crazy. Yeah. And they, they do put on a hell of a show. It is it is crazy. I remember the first time I saw them, oh my God, they just blew me away. They really yeah. did. I mean, it was one of the best shows that I've ever seen. But my, my big claim to fame, though, was at a Metallica concert. It was at the Monsters of Rock in, I think it was 1989 or 90. It was when they came on and there was a big riot and they had to stop playing. And a big giant food fight started happening oh my god i remember so, that yeah and that food fight ended up in the guinness book of world records so <laughs> i'm in the guinness book of world oh, records for being god. part of the largest food fight ever that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's oh my, my big god. metallica story <laughs> yeah oh my god that's that's so cool it's crazy because because i've been I've been following Metallica uh, for for such a long time, and I, I, I love reading interviews and, and so forth. And I know that Lars grew up listening to 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 the new wave of British heavy metal, and he's a fan. And that's how they saw themselves, even up till Master Master Puppets. I remember uh, some weeks ago I saw an interview where they described that they knew that. After the the Aussie tour, that people are starting to talk really about Metallica and they're beginning to hit it really big. But they saw themselves as fans, and if fans were coming backstage to to greet them and get some album signs, they they put up tables in the backstage area, and then mm-hmm. they sat down and for like uh, a good two hours they let everybody in who stayed behind after the show to connect wow. to talk and 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 to sign stuff and take pictures and so that's why i think they they grew their fan base uh, based on they they wanted to connect for real so right. so that's why i think people like us in in the age that we are now still go to the shows because mm-hmm. of of the memories that we have it's so awesome when a band really does want to connect with the audience and, and not just on stage, but off stage when they when they actually love being stopped on the street. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, we went to, to Germany to play play some shows. It's sort of like when when people outside of Germany come to visit, it's sort of like they. They don't know what's going to happen, and we're not that big of a band, but we, we headlined uh, some shows. And uh, after the show, I, I'm the one, because I'm the singer, I don't have to uh, gear down that much. So so my main focus is to wipe the sweat off my face and go down to, to the merch table and see if there's anybody there who wants to buy some stuff. And I'm standing there and... I kid you not, I was standing there for an hour and a half, and people are, are mind-blown because when the other, other boys was uh, finished in, with, with gearing down, they, they came over and, and we took some pictures. And the stories that we heard, it's, it's sort of like a German band wouldn't take the time 
to speak to people because they were headlined the show. They they were so they were out of there. They they thought they were superstars, and then they thanked us just because we were talking to them, having a dialogue, connecting. Asking, how are you? Did you like the show? Have you heard of, about us before? And, and and they were sort of like, mine, but do you care? Do you care for real? It's sort of like it's to to have that thrown in your face when when you're in a band, because in my mind, all the stuff that that you go through, playing, recording, and uh, writing music, you want to get it out there to the to the public. You want to play a show, and then you want to connect with the people who are, who are there if they want to stay or stick around. That's the thing that I remember with bands like Metallica, with 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 uh, uh, Judas Priest, and I've heard stories about ACDC and and so forth. They 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 want to connect. I mean, mm-hmm. at a certain level, it's it's not possible anymore i think it's not possible for metallica these days to to do exactly what they did back in in 84 85 or 86 but they try still today back to ride the lightning um yeah one uh anybody that's listening to this that's from southern california will will know this story i'm about to tell so there was this radio station back in the day called knac it was the only hard rock and metal station this is the only place you could hear Iron Maiden and, and Metallica and Slayer and all that stuff. So I think I forget what year it actually was. I think it was either in the late 80s, early 90s. They ended up changing formats. They went from uh, they went to a, a Spanish station. And so on the very last day that they were this metal station, the very last song at midnight, they played Fade to Black. Oh, that's how they closed god. out that radio station. Oh my god, that's so epic! <laughs> yeah, yep. That, that's a that's a perfect way to 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 end this program too. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> you're listening to Sounds on Vinyl podcast, and I'm Mike, all the way from Sweden, with my friend, my buddy Phil from the United States. Yes. Subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and head on over to uh, Sounds of Vinyl on Instagram. It's at Sounds of Vinyl. Look at what Mike curates over there. He, he does all these cool little pictures of album covers and he writes stories around it, you know, about his memories and stuff. So it's really cool. So go check that out and follow Sounds on Vinyl on Instagram. And with that, we'll bid you farewell. Later. Later.